Welcome to It's Not That Deep, episode 12. It's been a year and a few months since I did one of these. Uh, sort of lost the excitement, lost the focus, but I'm happy to report I got it back. And today, through the help of a very inspiring and special friend uh, who is joining me, we're gonna rock. Uh, we're gonna rock it. Yes, we are. So today, yes, it. Today, I'm joined by Fernando Ski Romero, artist, spray painter, a man you want to hug. <laughs> Even during quarantine. That's it. You'll risk it for this, man. I love it. I love it. What's going on, brother? Happy to be here. Hello to all the listeners. Um, you know, thank you all for tuning in. Much appreciated. Um, you know, this is going to be an exciting show. I think we have a lot of cool things to talk about. You know, um, Ed and I have been friends for a couple of years, so it's uh, it's going to be more than 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 the than the typical Q and A. It's uh, you know, we got cool stories and 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 real life things to you know to talk about. Exactly. So I'm I'm introducing a new thing here. I'm gonna if you're up for it, I'm gonna ask you six totally random questions. Awesome. And then we're going to get into just a brief description of who you are, where you're from, uh, what you're about. All right. So you're down for six questions? Yes. Let's do it. Man. All right. All right. Ready for it? What's easier for you, getting into bed or out of bed? Um, hmm. You know what? To be... To be honest, they're, they're getting the into bed is is tough, but getting out of bed is very easy. So, because mm-hmm. I never really want to go to sleep, I'm always like, oh, <laughs> let me do something else. The brain's always going. So, um, I guess the getting into bed is easier, and the out of bed is harder. Okay. Next question: When was the last time you dropped to the ground and did push-ups? Um. Actually, I was watching one of the episodes of Ballers uh, not too long ago, and I was like, damn, this guy, The Rock, is like, he's a beast, bro. So I just got down and did 20 push-ups. Excellent. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. When taking a selfie, if you even do that, do you go with the first pick or you take a few more until the pose is right? Um, I usually take a few picks. Just because, you know, your hand, you know, you might have a blurry shot or whatever, but I'm not a big selfie person. But when I do, it's definitely multiple shots. Is it about the environment or your face? Um, I guess it's a combination. Okay. You know, sometimes I look a little, I I think I'm smiling, but I really look perplexed. So it's like, hmm. Yeah. Right. How does it, the mirror of it is weird. Yeah. All right. Get a glimpse of your future or change a moment from your past. Um, no, the past is what made me, so I, I would get a glimpse of the future. All right. Name a female you admire. Admire? Yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's so many, and I'm actually, I'm really bad with names. Um, but, uh, damn it, she, she came to one of my art shows. She's a Puerto Rican act- actress. She has a show out right now where she's a badass. In the commercial, she walks by and 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 drills a hole into the guy's tire because she's trying to figure out, you know, what happened to her sister. I think. 
Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's Claw Money. You know, she she's an amazing, you know, female artist as well as Queen Andrea. I mean, you know, there's Martha Cooper, who's an amazing photographer and has, you know, documented the art world since, you know, the early 70s. Um, Goldie. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, wonderful, inspiring females out there. Beautiful. Last question. Do you pee right in the water or more aim towards the porcelain above the water when you're when you're using the toilet? Um, I like to kind of, you know, I like to pee in silence. So I go for the for the rim, but it has to be the right angle, because if you go direct at it, you, you, you risk, you know, getting backlash. But if you kind of pee on the on the side, you're like direct, but on the side, you get that fluid flow, which therefore, you know, just gives you the best silence. That's it, the silent P. There you go. All right, on that note, Fernando, where are you from? Uh, um, give me a, a brief synopsis of your upbringing and then talk a little bit about what you do for joy and, and what pays the bills. Um, I am uh, born and raised New Yorker, uh, raised in Queens, in Astoria. Uh, my parents are from Dominican Republic. I'm the first generation, you know, uh, a child of, of migrant parents. Um, you know, I grew up in the 90s, uh, you know, very heavy into, you know, graffiti and the whole street culture, you know, hip hop and all that. Um, so that was pretty much my upbringing was either graffiti. A little bit later on, I did some inline skating, which uh, I was pretty good at, you know, shout out to Team Matrix. And, um, you know, slowly you know always always kept my heart and ears to the street i never really expected to you know make a living off of off of art or, or anything like that so you know fast forward after college you know i went to parsons school of design i worked in you know newspaper um you know for the new york sun for a number of years and a few other places and um you know i've i found art through a group of friends that I had that were setting up a table in Soho with, you know, a plethora of, of art and, and, and their insignia. And through hanging out with them after work and just finding myself spending so many hours there and watching all this happen, you know, new pieces being created, uh, people walking by, stopping and giving their opinions and I just really enjoyed that dialogue. So I wanted to be part of that dialogue. So then I started doing art myself. And it wasn't a very graffiti thing, but it was just, um, you know, different things that, that came together through experiences. And, um, you know, before you know it, I, I had something going on, which was really, really cool. And um, today, you know, I, I've, I've been you know, professional artist for 10 years. Um, you know, I've been represented by a gallery in, in Soho, Pop International. Um, and I've been very blessed and fortunate to, you know, through art, travel the world and see places that I never thought I'd see and meet amazing people as yourself and, you know, have a voice and platform. And, you know, it's been it's been pretty amazing. Sorry if I went too long on that. Oh, uh, you're perfect. Don't don't ever apologize. You don't have to apologize on this at all. Can you can you pinpoint a moment 
Oh, I got two questions. Can you pinpoint the moment or uh, like a, a general period of time where it transitioned from a, a language, a form of expression to to art, like real art for you, where you, you realized this was really something you had developed a technique and a passion for? Um, it had to be somewhere around, I think, 2006, 2007. I uh, I went I went back to school, so I, I signed up at FIT and I, and I was taking some marketing classes, just to kind of get an idea of what you know kids today were learning. You know, it's just one of those things that it just always fascinated me. Like what 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 is the next generation being you know being fed, and how are they how are they going to be moving? Um, so while I was in school there. Um, you know, I was still, I was, I, I, I had just started, um, I had just started selling work on the street and, you know, it was just, it was just this evolution awesome. of, you know, my want I, to I, be out there. And, I'm going to um, chime in, chime in on that real quick. Huh? Do you remember your first, do you remember the first piece you sold? Um, yes, it was a clock. So when I first started doing work, it was um, <clears throat> I found a dozen Viagra clocks at the at the storage facility where we kept our stuff, and you know that was my that was my in that was something different, unique. It was a conversational, functional piece. It spoke art. It spoke a lot of things. So that was my intro to art. Was you know acquiring clocks, painting them, putting them back together, and selling them. And that was the first thing I sold, and it was probably for about fifteen or twenty-five dollars. I love that Viagra was the intro. Yo, Viagra was the intro. That <laughs> clock was sick. Changed got my life. Got you up. I got you up. All right. So then you go to school, right? You go to um, Parsons. Yep, Parsons School of Design. Yep. It's a four-year, mm -hmm. two-year, four-year. And uh, question: Did you find what network do you? connect with more now or is it a, a equal both is it is it the people you grew up with the people you were in your neighborhood or is it parsons um i i i'm pretty fortunate or actually let's let's not say fortunate i like i love people and i love keeping in touch with people as long as i possibly can Unless there's, you know, I moved out of the country, you're inaccessible, I went to the army or something like that. Okay, cool. Or, uh, you know, I'm in jail for a bunch of years, so all I could do is write letters. But I, I tend to keep in touch with a lot of folks. I mean, I have a really a, a handfuls of people who I grew up with that I still talk to. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people that I went to college with, I still talk to. I identify to them for, you know, in them for different reasons. Um, you know, kids that you, that you grow up with, I mean, those are your support systems and, and, you know, everyone grows and elevates, but it's just a different, uh, energy and love with, you know, obviously today I'm like, I'm 41 and I can say, I, I, I was just talking to somebody the other day and we were in elementary school together. So that's a beautiful hmm. thing. So, Absolutely. you know, I can identify with everybody as long as we're still in touch. So, um. You you mentioned the fortunate thing, and then you you kind of ret retracted it. Is that something that comes natural to you when you think of someone? You just reach out, or is that something yeah. you've developed? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, that rare. That is a fortunate thing, you know. Yeah, very rarely do I not hit somebody up that crosses my mind because I Beautiful. feel like it's for a reason. 
You know, you're like, damn, bro. Oh, yeah. I just thought of so-and-so. And last time I met them was in L.A. in 2008. Let me reach out and see what's up, my man. Yo, brother, how you doing? Everything cool? Like, and it's, you know, there's been time, there's, there's time that you don't speak, but that doesn't mean anything. It's just like, we're tied up and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take the initiative and I'll, I'll reach out and say what's up. And, you know, that's, that it, it, it's not a, it's not like a a challenging thing for me. It's very second nature. I did you have you found that when I was really just present kind of sort of living in intuition I would reach out to someone the moment I thought of them and it was like 7 out of 10 times they were thinking of me as well of course which which or, I found or to be. some sometime around then it's like damn yo you popped yeah. in my you know I thought about you last week and that's usually the way it is i mean you don't you know you're friends for a certain amount of time but you don't forget about that and like mm-hmm. the reason that you might not be talking is not for anything malicious. It's just life gets complicated and somebody has to, you know, be the one to pick up the phone every now and then. So I don't mind being that person. And, you know, like you said, you know, seven out of 10 times, it's a really dope thing. It's like, wow, dude. And then you reconnect and and who knows what, you know, what comes out of that it could be a job opportunity, a great friendship you know, learn something new. It's like, oh, I kayak. Like, oh, dude, I've never kayaked before. Let's go. You know, and and it just, you know, you never know what comes out of it. So leaving yourself open and, uh, you know, susceptible to to all of these things is is a good thing. How does that apply to your process when you're making art open and susceptible to things? You know, how does that intuition, that that sense of being present and following through on impulses? Um, I mean, you know, my whole process is, is, is an impulse. Um, you know, there's, there's no real direction. I mean, I have a formula, but even if my formula was number one through a hundred, how many variations of that are there? I mean, it's pretty much infinite. So, you know, it's all instinct. It's all what I see, you know, when I first paint a canvas abstract. And where I see images laying in that makes sense to me within all of that abstractness. And it's all impulse. And even, you know, when I think I'm done, like that's an impulse because I have to do that quickly. It's like, you know, done, stretch it, sign it, wrap it up, put it aside. Because if not, they'll Mm. they'll always be. (laughs) Yeah, they'll always be sunny. Yeah, yeah, it's like, ooh, how about I do this to it? How about, and before you know, you have a totally different piece. (laughs) Yeah, right. I I had an experience where I decided I was going to, well, make it about me now. No, I I decided I was going to draw something every day for 30 days. And then on the 30th day, I was going to make a a large piece, like a poster board, giant, all with pen. Mm -hmm. And I found that when I, it was sort of a lesson in living in the moment and going through the process as opposed to going for results. Mm-hmm. And, and when I rushed it, uh, I was, it, it, was, it was sloppy. Yep. It was, and then I spent the rest of the time trying to fix it, going back. And I could spend a lifetime yep. trying to fix it because I was trying to get somewhere instead of being present exactly. in the process. You and know? you learn so much from the process. I mean, I purposely take the long way because it's more fruitful sometimes. You know, I'd rather sit there 
and cut little things out with a little razor hmm. and but I know that I could send that out and get it cut for me for maybe $40. But it's not about that. It's about me getting there. If I, if I then cut it out in the future, it's because I know what it takes to get there. You know what I mean? I bet you enjoy – this is going to sound weird, but I don't care. I bet you enjoy taking a shower. You know right? what? Surprisingly, I'm not that big. You know, like not to say I don't shower – but my showers are quick. I'm in the, I'm in and out the shower in like five minutes. All right. So that was a that was a bad example. Yeah. Uh, Unless how, like when you're when you're washing dishes, right? Is it frustrating? Well, you might have a dishwasher, but um, I do, but I do enjoy washing dishes. Okay, it, it's that's actually a bad example. it's very therapeutic, and yeah, <clears throat> that's something that I don't rush, because uh, every utensil plate. You know, Tupperware, like everything needs to be properly, you know, you can't just like throw water on it and rinse it. Like, so there, you know, certain things I, I, I enjoy that process because at the end, you know, every everything that you use is perfectly clean and hmm. many times cleaner than like what a dishwasher can do. Right. I imagine someone who has clean dishes is probably better at their job. Than someone who doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a different attention attention to detail. Right. Um, you know, you if if that if that um, habit transfers across the board, then then yeah, a one a plus one plus one equals two. But mm. if he's like OCD in his home, but sloppy at work, and a mediocre you know, relationship person. And, and it's like, dude, then you just pick and choose what you want to really do, you know, but if it's a consistent thing, then yeah. All right. What do you strive for? You do you strive for um, excellence, uh, perfection. Um, no, I mean, what is that? You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. You know, it's more like I just strive to be happy I strive to learn something from every experience. I look forward to messing up because that just means that I could make it better. Um, you know, I embrace it all. I look to just grow and, you know, be a better person and, you know, use my platform to help other artists, help other people that are thinking about becoming an artist or, you know, these, these, this is not an option that was, you know, readily available, you know, 15 years ago. You didn't say, oh, I'm going to be an artist. Like mm -hmm. only, you know, not for nothing. Only like rich kids do that because they can afford to just kind of chill <laughs> and develop themselves and whatever. But the average well, person. Well, let's say it's, easy, it's easier for man, rich kids to do it. It's yeah. Easy. Like, you know, the average Joe, like being an artist meant like, yo, dude, you're going to eat shit for a very long time and you're going to be hungry. And like, when are you going to sell a piece like that? It's just not quantifiable, you know? So but, let me ask you, how, how as an artist can you stay focused with your art if you're broke? Um, like broke. Yeah. And I went through that. I mean, I go through that all the time. And um, all I could say... <clears throat> is you have to you have to have like a tiny little bit of money 
And what I mean by little bit of money is enough for like yourself and what you're doing. You know, like when you don't have money to like pay rent and do things like that, to me, like those things can be worked out with a conversation and an understanding. It's mm-hmm. like, dude, if there's no money, I can't do that. And 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 nine out of ten times or eight out of ten times, you'll get you'll get a little bit of leniency because you're you're really trying, you know, and, and that mm-hmm. and that goes a long way. Yeah, open communication. It's yeah, everything. open communication. I mean, if you can't do something, you can't promise that you can. And if you can't, you got to be up front way early because that's what's going to resonate. That's what's going to like have somebody believe in you and help you out. Um, but I mean, you know, always have a little bit of money and extra materials to just be able to, to, to create during bad times because it's that art. It's that, you know, community of people that you have that will help you get out of these times at least distract you for a little bit to be able to focus and create um i think the best work comes out of the 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 hardest times and people see that yeah i'm to sort of repeat and maybe rephrase what you said that that vulnerability that willingness to communicate what you're going through and open yourself up to receiving help or sharing your struggle. Yeah. Yeah, is exactly what you need to do. That's the way out. You know? Yeah, because, I mean, we're all proud and I can do it myself. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you do. In, you can have all the money in the world, but you still need somebody to do certain things that you not ne- you don't necessarily have the a ability or time because there's so many other things so life forces you to work in a team because nobody can do anything alone and you know going through a lot of that you know during the time that we're going through now you know this whole you know crazy pandemic has really um, you know helped me humble myself and not be afraid to you know, express the truth and just be comfortable with the reality and move forward. But just, you know, I think that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Would you mind sharing a couple of your your failures, maybe some embarrassing moments, some <laughs> some challenging interactions with, with people you looked up to or opportunities you thought would lead to something great and just fucking crashed and burned right in front of you yeah um there's so many so many of those stories you know uh you know for instance not not properly reading a contract or not really knowing what it is completing a project and then realizing that your stake in it was so minute that you just walk away crying because Mm. you know you just didn't know enough or, you know, somebody running off with your idea because you don't have the proper, you didn't have the proper documentation throughout, you know, there's just so many, so much money lost, so much opportunity lost, but um, I can say that that only happened one time each <laughs> because, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you now yeah. I know better. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been burned in every way possible. You know, where you're, you know, you think you're like, you know, you got a whatever X amount of dollars on the table and all this work has gone into it. And then it's just flatlined. Mm. It's like, 
you know, somebody pulls out or they just disappear. I mean, there's just, there's, there's so much, so much teasing in this world. Like when you deal with an artist, a lot of people tend not to have number one experience, but I think overall the respect the same way that you would deal with an agency. Mm. So that has like led me to wanting to create an agency um, to then better the dialogue, you know, like the way people approach you. It's like, do I have to be an agency and have 14 employees for you to like respect my time? Right, right. <clears throat> so do we have to create your own thing in order to really be respected and sort of in, in control of your own destiny in a way? Yeah, exactly. You, you said it. I couldn't have said it any perfect. So, you know, it's like sometimes you feel like you have to shift a certain way to 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 gain, <clears throat> you know, a certain respect or or just uh, just that conversation that you want. But at the end of the day, that doesn't really hurt you to form these things because people are asking you for a reason. And, mm. you know, your your opinion is worth something. So ultimately, I think it moves you in the right direction, you know. Would you be willing to share your Jay-Z story? Ooh, um, sure. <clears throat> so I was uh, working with this, uh, with another artist, Mike Baca, uh, to Issei. And um, so we were, you know, this is You Are New York, probably year seven or so. Um, anyway, so Jay-Z is coming out with his Magna Carta album. And um, <clears throat> he did a scavenger hunt in New York, and it was basically releasing a track listing. So it was the name of the track on top, but all the lyrics were blacked out. But it was like a visual art piece, which was really dope. So Mike was able to get a, a book. Uh, one of his friends said, hey, I know where they're doing this. Let's go. They were at the beach. Anyway, so he comes home, and he was like, yo, I got this you know, this book. And I'm like, oh, that's dope, man. Like, well, like what do you want to do with it? And he was like, yo, we should paint it. And then we should do a scavenger hunt, like basically mimicking exactly what they did. And I'm like, all right, I'm on the hook, bro. I'm excited. So we basically painted the book based on the titles. So we got Jay-Z images and, and collaged them and painted them. I still have the book at home. And, um, and then we put out five pages, one in every borough, the next day. So mind you, he comes back from the beach around 3 o'clock in the afternoon the book is already painted by 11 o'clock the next morning. The videographer and photographer were there by 1 p.m. Uh, recording the book. And, and then we put out all the teasers right away. So mind you, the Jay-Z thing just happened. A day and a half later, we dropped five pages. Everybody picked it up as if we were hired by Jay-Z. So you had like Double XL and all. I mean, every major forum was retweeting everything that we were putting out so the scavenger hunt went amazing and um the morning comes and phones ringing phones ringing we're up celebrating you know just you know it was dope and 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 we we did this so eight o'clock in the morning phones ringing nine o'clock phones ringing 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 i pick up and i'm like hello and it was b dot williams and he runs rap radar and he's like, uh, you know, when the phone is ringing like that, it's important, bro. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I was up till late. You know, life is pretty good. Who's this? Like, so we start talking and he was like, um, I want to congratulate you on behalf of Rockefeller, Jay-Z and all this stuff. Like what you did was really dope. 
Um, and he was like, Shaka Pilgrim is going to call you later and invite you to something. And I'm like, that's dope. So I bang on Mike's door. I'm like, yo, Mike, because we were living at the time. We were living together at the time. I was like, yo, dude, we fucking made it. We made it. We got a call from, from the camp. So all day waiting for this email, waiting for this call. It was like 7 p.m. And then uh, Shaka Pilgrim emails. And then she gives me a call. And we start talking. She was like, it was really dope. She's like, Jay-Z wants to meet you. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, so, all right. So another hour goes by. Then she emails the address. Go to this spot. And get in a golf cart. And I'm like, what? So we go to Brooklyn. And this is in Red Hook. Um, over by the water. And we pull up. And it was dark as all there was there wasn't a light on in the street in that area it was so crazy it was like we walked into like like i thought there was going to be uh, some type of a war so whatever we pull up we pull up right next to a golf cart he's like you're here for the you're here for the show i was like yeah we're invited by jay-z what he's like all right come on hop in the car takes us in a golf cart about 300 feet and we're like yo what the fuck is going on so we get to this building, we see lights finally, and there's people, and I'm like, yo, this is some like real sexy shit right now. And um, so we figured, we figured, we just learned that we're at the Magna Carta release party. And I mean, everybody was there. Elliot Wilson, uh, Timberland, Busta Rhymes, J. Cole, uh, Raekwon, uh, I mean, uh, Memphis Bleak, uh, everybody was there everybody so here we are and we're just chilling there and in comes jay and as soon as he saw me he knew who we were like he's so ill so the night goes on we're chilling he's dancing with beyonce oh beyonce was there too by the way so he's dancing with her we're kind of chilling in that whole thing and then he disappears and i'm like damn bro we had a, such a cool time like we never got a picture Maybe a half hour goes by and we're like, damn, Jay bounced, bro. Like, whatever. He's like, yeah, at least we came. It was dope. And we're fucked up off the say. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> but anyway, so right before we're about to leave, yo, I swear to God, Jay, Jay-Z came back to take that picture with us. I know it. Because out of nowhere, I just sense these this arm... Because Mike and I were standing next to each other. Yo, Jay-Z just came up, threw his arms over us. He's like, yo, let's get this picture. And it was, it was fucking dope. Like, we literally chilled all night. We danced. Like, I came out in the, the New York Post, like, the, day, the, the next day. And you see the main picture is Jay-Z. And I'm, like, two people away. And Mike is right there. And, um... You know, we kept in touch for a bit. I was still in touch with, you know, Shaka Pilgrim and all of that stuff. So it was a, it was a beautiful gorilla moment that turned into something so amazing. And honestly, it wouldn't have happened if Mike didn't get the book and say, yo, dude, we should, we should paint this and put it back out. And I'm like, you know what? Dude, that's brilliant. Let's do it. And we did it. And it was amazing. Beautiful. You had mentioned that we've talked a few times about the, the encounter where there was sort of like an uh moment with, between you and him. Yeah. And he kind of called you out on it. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know, dude, I was nervous. Yeah. And, you know, instead of 
talking straight with a sentence, I was like, um, and he was like, ah, you, you fucked up. You said, um, like he's so on point. And, uh, I mean, we spoke after that, obviously, but that first thing, like he's so keen on that, you know, that initial reaction, like what's the first words going to be like, he already has his whole thing set. Like he's an ill person, bro. Really ill person. So utmost respect, you know, something gorilla went, got to him, and not only got to him, got to his camp, got it on his phone, like, got to us, invited us to hit, like, we didn't have to be there. Like, he knew, he wanted to see who we were. Like, there's no other reason. Hmm. So in a way, he was still working during his release party, which is where he chills. But even in that setting, he was like, nah, bring these cats here. I want to see who they are. Like, that's some ill shit right there. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a feeling, do you know when something's special, like a project or a painting, like the book in this situation? Of course. I mean, and similarly, do you know when something, or maybe you don't know what you're trying to ignore that it's not working? <clears throat> Um, I think we all, we all know that, you know, it's that little feeling you get in your gut when you look at something and you're like, damn, this is perfect. Like it could be, I'm in the perfect place. I'm in the best state of mind. That's the most amazing painting. Like, look at these colors. It could be a blotch of whatever, but we all have that. We all know when something is somewhat done. We all get that feeling of like, yeah, this is special. Sometimes you don't know until you put it out there and the reaction is so overwhelming that you're like, wow, that's an even crazier feeling. But I think we all have that little that little gut that says, yeah, I think this is good. This is in a good place. And um, yeah. It's like, so I'm comparing uh, pottery or ceramics to painting. In, in, in ceramics, when you're working a wheel, if you have a bad foundation, if it's not centered – no matter what you do, it's going to come out like shit. Yep. So the only solution is to knock it off the wheel and start over. Yep. Is there something like that for painting? And is there advice you can give to painters or artists out there who maybe don't have their confidence or are trying to make money mm -hmm. and forcing things to get back in touch with intuition and what they know to be valuable and not? Um, I think one thing I always say is... It's just paint. You know? Like, if you don't like it, paint it over. If if you if you're painting flowers that are textured and you don't like it, let it dry and paint it over. Why? Because all that texture that you just built up is gonna look even flyer when you do the flowers over on texture. And like, you know, like don't be afraid to try something. Because all that's going to happen is you're going to learn something from it. You know, you, you try a new technique and, and it didn't come out right. Automatically, you know what you did wrong. So, you know, making those mistakes and just going for it. Like, you know, sometimes when you go for it, you're not going to get the right stroke. You're not going to get that right whatever. But at some point, you're going to get something that makes sense to you. And you're going to be like, yo, that's my shit. Um, so... That's all I could say. And it's like if you have one canvas, do something on it, paint it over, 
do something on it, paint it over, do something on it, paint it. Like, just keep learning because mm-hmm. that's what that's what that's what makes the the journey um, so fruitful. Yeah. Uh, keep learning. Keep 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 creating without expectations in yeah. some way. Don't yeah like, fucking fail, dude. Yeah. Don't get attached. Yeah. Not every piece is perfect. Not every line is you know perfect. But within that, you that imperfection becomes your your signature, and that little you know look at Keith Haring like his lines weren't perfect. Nothing about what mm. he did was perfect. But he did it so much that you you don't look at the at the circle of his of the baby head or the feet how funny they look you you accept it for for that why because his whole thing is that and the imperfection is the human that makes it even so much cooler. I love that that the imperfection is your signature. There you go. That's great. Yeah. That's 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 empowering empowering imperfection. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is drawn perfectly. Nothing. You, you get close enough to anything, you know, you see all the imperfection. You zoom in enough to a photo and all of, all of a sudden it's distorted. And you're like, wait a minute, where am I? I'm so zoomed in. Is this the window? Is this a, a, a pole? Like, you know, you have to get in, into perspective to see something. That's why the, the Enzo is a meditation symbol, you know, just draw that circle. You know what the Enzo is? No. It's an incomplete circle, so it's a meditation practice to just keep drawing a circle, keep painting this circle, mm. and find a way to find balance and peace as you attempt to do so. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. All right, you got any advice for anybody? You got any silly stories you want to tell? You got uh, um, any weird quirks about yourself you want to share? Um. Well, I, I, I want to start off with, I guess, a little bit of advice because I think advice is always needed. But I think advice is always given in such a, I don't know, I, I, I feel like I, I talk about things a little bit different. But, you know, for, for anyone out there that is an aspiring artist, um, treat your art and treat what you do and hold it up to a standard where... It's um, you're looking for a place to be, you know, if you're a graphic designer and you're doing something, you're not going to look for a job at a supermarket. You're not going to look at a job for, you know, in different areas and finding where you belong is very important. So creating your craft is one thing and then do the research, you know, find the right gallery or what or whoever you want to speak on your behalf you know it's like all right i want to work at apple why for these reasons i want to you know apply for a job in silicon valley why for these reasons like look for these reasons to be a part of something um if that's the route that you're going to go but do the homework and do the research and if you don't know ask the questions before you put yourself in these areas because you know unfortunately it's a doggy dog world and you're judged the second you're you're looked at. So you know, prepare yourself with the tools. Ask the questions before you look like a fool. And I say that in the best way possible because we've all been there. I speak from experience. So you know, 
My email is, is always open, mystresstherapy365 at gmail.com. I'm always here to ask, uh, answer any questions, give advice or whatever, you know. And um, a funny story would be, oh, this is pretty funny. So th uh, three years I'm with my girl at this point. And, um, you know, we had never celebrated our anniversary. It's just one thing that we just never did. Uh, little did I know, nobody knew when the fuck the anniversary was. <laughs> so one day, I'm in bed, you know, with, with Allie, and she leans over to me, looks into my eyes, and she was like, babe, when's our anniversary? Now at this point, like, what are you going to do? If you don't know, you want to run and jump out the window. But um, I was like, oh, it's it has to be in January. She's like, why? I'm like, oh, well, you know, we were in Chicago and that's where we met. She's like, well, actually, that was August. <laughs> <laughs> so close. So, so close. close. <laughs> so I'm like, do you know when it is? She was like, no, but I know it was sometime in August because that's when we were in Chicago. So basically, to make it a long story short, that could have been a really bad situation. You know, you're together for three years. You never celebrated an anniversary. It could have been the worst thing in the world, but none of us knew. So at that point, we made up a date, August 16th, and that's when our anniversary is. <laughs> <laughs> the other stories are like too crazy, bro. <laughs> uh, we'll, the next, the next episode, we'll we'll do that. Yeah, next the next time. episode. <laughs> yeah, but um. I hope that, you know, I hope that uh I hope that you enjoy this as much as I did. Oh, absolutely, man. It's always uh a pleasure to be around radically kind and uh positive people. You really bring, yeah. bring a, a real gift to the space you're in and a real generosity, which which I think is a lesson for anyone to work on. Uh depending on your comfort within yourself, but to, to be kind and yeah. to allow yourself to be open to be and vulnerable to, to share that kindness with people who really need it. Yeah. 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 Every, everything is built on relationship. Everything. So if you can't sit there and have a genuine conversation with somebody that you, that you met, how can you have that conversation with somebody that's supposed to sign over a quarter million dollars for your services? Like, it's that same relationship that people trust in. You know, people are so, you know, consumed by social media and there's they're always behind a computer and that social interaction is so overwhelming. It's like, it's that interaction that runs the world. It's that handshake that validates are you a man or not? Or are meaning man or woman doesn't matter, but your word is your bond and you're dealing with another human, not a computer. So, you know, I'm very, uh, very keen on, on relationships because that's, that's what resonates. That's what runs the world. Is a Absolutely. If we all just said hi a little bit Maybe. more that's to, it. to someone we don't know. That's it. Uh, we, and if that's right. not your thing, then don't that's work right. in that that's industry. Right. That's right. That's right. And there are extroverts. Do yourself there are, a favor. There are introverts. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, we could go on forever, dude. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Because <laughs> I'm fucking hot, man. I'm in this booth, and it's hot outside. Yeah. Well, you sound great, man. 
Well, thank you so much. Uh, you're you're a special guy. I really appreciate this, uh, Fernando. Can you give uh, some information on how people can check out your work? Uh, um, yeah, yeah. I'm at the I'm I'm in the in the stages of building a website. Uh, it'll be FernandoRomeroArt.com. It's still in the in the process, so don't even bother to go look at it. Um, if you're on Instagram, you can follow me at um, SKI underscore my stress therapy one word m y s t r e s s t h e r a p y 365 and that's it that's oh no i'm sorry it's oh, just boy. underscore my stress therapy sorry <laughs> so say it one more time ski underscore my stress therapy that's it, that's it. Yeah. talented artist I- kind individual uh and a man who has a pleasant voice as well so ah oh, thank you my friend thank you all right. All right. Thanks for Army tuning brother. in, guys. Uh, we'll we'll be back soon with with more quality people and more intriguing conversation. Awesome.